Hey guys, Paul Reddick here. Welcome back to another edition of the Baseball Dads Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk about um, a kind of a crossroads that a lot of dads are finding themselves in. And the age is starting to get a little younger and younger and younger. In fact, just this week, uh, it's only Wednesday, just this week, um, I had three calls from dads uh, basically asking, um, what do they do with their eight-year-old? Um, certainly a discussion and an issue that our fathers never had to face. And, and dads can find themselves at a crossroads. Do you, do you keep your eight-year-old son in, in rec ball? Um, where there are certainly some issues, or do you move him into travel ball? And there's certainly pressure moving in that direction. So we're going to tackle that uh, that uh, question in this episode of the Baseball Dads Cop Podcast. Before we do, um, head on over to Baseball Dads Show. And I realize I just said Baseball Dads Podcast, but we change it. It's Baseball Dads Show. So go to baseballdadshow.com. There's a bunch of stuff over there. So number one is a scorecard where you can see, um, can your son play at the next level? Does he have um, you know, what it takes to, to move up? Um, should he play up in age brackets? And does he have that potential you know, to, to play at college or professional level? Also, a word-for-word uh, email dialogue that you can use to ask your son's coach for more playing time without looking like one of those dads. Also too, so awesome, please join our Facebook group. We have a brand new Baseball Dads Facebook group. it, we've only had it for about a week and there's already 1200 members of that group and the conversations and the and everything is incredible you can link to that at baseballdadshow.com and then also there if you want to talk to me about anything there's a link there where you can set up a call um, you know to talk to me uh, you guys send in a lot of great questions you ask questions sometimes it's easier for me to talk to you on the phone uh, for five ten minutes answer your question completely than it is to kind of go back and forth on email so all of that is over at baseballdadshow.com but please join that facebook group it is absolutely awesome 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 stuff um the average the average question from a dad is getting about 33 comments um so i mean there's a lot of experience to be shared there especially from the fathers who um their kids are older you know 16 17 there's even some fathers in there that their kids are out of baseball you know and they're just but they're still involved as a coach and just the advice and the experience and the wisdom that you can get from the fellow fathers that have maybe been um down the road that you are going is just invaluable so go to baseballdadshow.com and you can link to that facebook group and join it there so let's get into this topic so what do i do with my eight-year-old what do i do with my nine-year-old my seven-year-old um do i put him into travel ball or do i put him into rec ball so Again, you know, you guys know by now. I'm a little, I'm a little Pollyannish on this, right? Like, I, I am, I'm a, you know, I wish it were rec ball, but I, I, I also live in the real world, and I know that there are drawbacks in rec ball, right? That I get it. The leagues are kind of falling apart. The competition is not great. The, um, you know, the organization is not there. I, I, I do get it. I do get it. Um, so my advice to you. Um, in in a perfect world, I would love for for more people to stay into local rec ball because I think it's important, or to local little league ball, and and maybe you're the one to really bolster that league. Somebody kind of has to take that stand to stay and say we're not going to go, and that might create a vacuum in the other way. Um, so we'll just put that. I, I don't want to go through what I would recommend without acknowledging that there are some problems there. I get it. It's it's changing. Um, so. So the, the issue that most dads face is that they feel like they're not in control, that they feel like that if I put my kid in this, does he get swept up in that? And does that become like now, I, I, and really what, what their dads are feeling is, am I going to lose control over this situation? 
Am I going to put my son into this travel ball thing? And we think it's going to be a few months per year. And then the next thing you know, it becomes this year round program. And now it is, there is a, uh, you know, we have created kind of a monster that we cannot control anymore. And so I often tell dads this, that, you know, um, a travel ball is a lot like a, um, you know, a lion cub. And, uh, you know, a lion cub is very sweet and nice. And, and you can even like pet a lion cub and you can play with a lion cub. If you've ever been like at there's certain places where you can do that kind of stuff, but, but you can't have a lion cub as a pet, um, because a lion cub tends to grow into a lion <laughs> and then, and then lions do lion stuff. Right. So I want you just to keep that in mind that but it, it, it's, it's not, it's not the perfect analogy. But it is something to really be aware of. And so what I would say to you is that um, it's not twofold. It's not as crucial as you think for your kid to play eight-year-old, nine-year-old travel baseball. It's not as crucial as you think. Um, if, he, if he spends another year in rec ball and maybe the competition isn't great, fine, fine, fine. There's no major leaguer today that's saying, um, you know, uh, thank goodness I played eight-year-old travel ball. Because if I didn't play on my, my eight-year-old travel ball team, uh, I don't know that I'd be in the major leagues. And, and there's nobody, say, and there's no guy, um, you know, who who is, you know, who didn't make the major leagues and looking back saying it was because I didn't play on that eight-year-old travel team, and that's why I didn't make it. Right. So it's it's not as crucial as you think. Right. It, it really isn't. Uh, the most important part is, is that you keep him in love with the game and you keep that passion high. We're going to talk about later on about what to do when your kid just has that kind of uncontrollable passion, which we hear a lot of. The other thing I would say is that you're more in control than you think. Okay, you're much more in control than you think. Um, look, th th these travel ball teams and, uh, you know, I don't think everyone in it is, is uh, obviously I think there's a lot more good people than bad people, but there are some bad people and there are some good people that get caught up into stuff, bad you know, ways of thinking and bad actions, and they get swept up in it too. And they're really good at making you feel that if you don't do this, you're somehow um, delaying your kid's progress and somehow, you know, you're going to hold him back and somehow he is going to miss out. All of those things, when they're said to a father, translate into this. If you care about your kid, you're going to do this. And and these guys know that. And I'm telling you, they, they are, they're really, really good at, at, pushing those buttons that would make a father um, think that way. Um, but you are in much more control than you think. And, 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 and I, would, I would also ask you to be open to the suggestion that if somebody is putting undue pressure on you to do something, I would really examine how much is in it for them. And here's a, here's a really interesting thing that I've always like, it's always fascinated me, but, but you might say like, what's really in it for the coach of the eight year old travel team to have my son on the team, you know? And, and I think normal, normal, logical thinking people do that, but you know what? The problem is again, I get this 30,000 view. I see the 18 year old that played on the eight year old travel team. Now I see what he looks like. Now I see the father that, that, that becomes a maniac and then calls me up and realizes that, you know, he, he screwed everything up. He lost control. Uh, and I see the kid who gets thrown up into eight-year-old baseball gets a, 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 an otherwise good man as a coach, but turns into, but feels the pressure of having to win and to succeed because now people are paying money to play on the team. And it's not like a little league type thing. So there's that kind of pressure. There's also the investment of time and travel. So all of those things can take an otherwise good man, a good well-intentioned coach. And I have seen that stuff turn, a, you know, a Jekyll and Hyde thing. 
where a good man can feel the pressure of all this travel stuff and all of a sudden the eight-year-old team becomes like a thing he's got to succeed at and so i would you know you might say like well what's in it for that guy i'm gonna tell you it's it's a weird thing it's weird to watch grown men turn into this but the pressures uh, whether we think they're silly or not are real and i have seen good men do really bad things and get swept up into bad situations and make some bad decisions and part of that is the pressure they put on kids to play on teams especially when there's pressure on them to win and in some ways create a return on investment for the parents that have paid money for this team so you are in more control than you think. Here's where it starts, Dad. I have been, since we started this podcast, I have constantly um, uh, encouraged you guys to set values for your family, to have values that are discussed, agreed upon, posted visually, and reviewed. The reason why this is important is because this now is not, a, you don't want to be in a position where your kid's like, dad, I want to do it. You know, this, the, the offer that your son gets for an eight-year-old team or a nine-year-old team, whatever it is, it has to flow through the values of your family. So every decision gets flows through the values of your family. If you don't have the values, then that's when you're stuck making an emotional reactive decision. And that's where dads get tripped up in this thing. So if you have your values and your values are, um, are clear, the, the strength of your values is going, to be, um, the, is going to influence the strength of your answer to these eight-year-old teams. So now, assuming you have that or you're going to do that, what answer do you give? Well, it's simple. You, you can say yes to a travel ball team. I think that there are phenomenal travel ball teams out there, great ones. They don't make the news. But the other stuff that doesn't make the news too is like the failures that come out of it, like all the stuff we talked about before, the 18-year-old who, who now hates baseball or the father who loses his mind. You know, none of that stuff really gets posted on Facebook. But you have the power. And so if you do say yes, from the strength of your values, you can make a decision that you set the parameters. So if you say, my son will play for your team and he'll play from March through June, whatever it is, that's it. Those are the parameters. That's what you set. That's what you agree upon. And they're final. They're final. You can't go back on them. Okay. Cause this is not about baseball now. Okay. This is about your family values and you sticking to your guns and setting healthy, um, uh, healthy parameters for your son. So if you say four months and it turns into, and the coach asks you to play two more and you go six months, you say, well, what's two months more baseball? I don't see it that way. I see it that you, you set a parameter and then someone talked you out of it and now your son is going to see that you can be pushed around. So what's more important? Your son seeing that we make a decision and it's final and then we're going to, you know, that's it. You can't be influenced one way or the other so that dad can't be, you know, um, manipulated. Now, it, it, this also goes into what's a healthy dose. Look, I know kids aren't going to play three months of baseball per year. So I think if you're going to play in two seasons, I think, that, I think that's fine. So if you're going to play like uh, spring and summer or summer and fall or, or, or spring and fall, great, do it. You know, I, I think you should do that. Um, but here is a way to combat it becoming more than 
for or becoming a more than you want and you losing control of it. So the way is that you have your kids in a lot of other activities. So if your kid is going to play in the spring and the summer, he should have a fall activity that he's committed to. So when the travel ball coach comes and say, hey, we need you for the fall, is that, you know what, he's in soccer. Can he quit soccer? Nope, he can't. Because on our values list that's on our refrigerator, it says that we make a commitment, we keep a commitment. And we've made a commitment to soccer. So coach, we appreciate the offer, but in our house, we make commitments and we keep commitments. And right now our commitments to soccer and our commitment to you was exactly what we said, spring and the summer, and, and we're grateful for the opportunity you gave him, but we, we already have a commitment for soccer. Now, that, that gives you a lot of opportunities. Number one, it, it, it kind of pulls you out from being kind of the bad guy a little bit. It keeps your son into other activities. We're going to talk about that in a second, which are super, super important. And now it, it, it's an opportunity for you. If, it, if you do feel like it's getting out of control, it's an opportunity for you to show your son that the values are important. And I would take, I would, I would absolutely risk your son being mad at you for a week against demonstrating the value. I, I would make that trade that we demonstrate the value. He'll be mad at you for a week. He'll get over it. He'll get over it. Now, um, when we talk about other sports, and, and I think the, the key to this is that your son should be doing a lot of other activities, and, and other sports are great, but karate, swimming, whatever else they're going to do. And here's why. I had a high school coach. Um, or he wasn't my high school coach. I was his assistant coach. He was, it was a high school program at Elizabeth High School, and his name was Ray Korn. And Ray almost insisted that his players do something else during the season. I've talked about this in other podcasts and emails, but it's worth repeating here. And, and Ray said to me, he goes, we want to compete for a, a county championship and a state championship. And these guys in game uh, or in the seventh inning of the championship game, what the, the skills and, and the confidence and the focus and, and, the, and all those things they're going to need to perform then, they're not going to learn sitting in a batting cage in the winter. But if they're on the swim team or the track team or the basketball team or even the chess team, they're out there competing and they're exercising their competing muscles. And even though it's not specific to baseball, it still flows. It's still a competitor is a competitor. And Ray rather had his athletes out there competing in other seasons than just sitting in a batting cage working on their baseball. And, and we've seen the stats on like the draft and other sports and stuff like that. Like you could look those up, like how many players in the draft played multiple sports in high school. So just you know, look that up. Now, a retort I get from dads is, but my son has passion. You know, he, all he wants to do is baseball. What do I do with that passion? Well, let me tell you this. If your son does have that passion for baseball and he does love baseball, I'll tell you the worst thing you can do is put too much structure around that passion. If you put too much structure around that passion, then that passion, you know, we always talk about the restriction of freedom. And, and then again, now that passion becomes, you know, that can easily turn into a job or something that he feels he has to do. Right. And that we've done other podcasts on where that can go. So but if he does have that passion, it's up to you to to, you know, set some parameters around that passion. You know, so when a dad says all my son wants to do is play baseball and I said, great. You know what? All my sons want to do is eat Swedish fish, ice cream and cupcakes and M&Ms. 
And if we didn't intervene and make them eat a variety of healthy foods and a small portion of, of some candy and sweets and stuff like that, we, I would have kids of poor health. The same thing happens in baseball. If you do not set the parameters of what is structured baseball, you're going to get a kid who's going to you know, burn out on it. So the worst thing you could do with his passion is put too much structure around it. It's almost like if Mozart, his family put him in piano lessons or Picasso's, you know, family put him in art lessons, right? He would not have developed who they are. Um, and we've heard stories of like uh, Jobs and Bill Gates and stuff. They dropped out of college because their passion was bigger than the structure of college. I am not saying drop out of college. I'm just using it as an example. So if you read any of those books on like the talent code and and, uh, you know, outliers, all these books to try and figure out how great performers do great things. They, they all have different things and different reasons, but mostly all of them agree on two things that there's, there's two things that, that create someone who excels at anything. So number one, there's DNA, right? There's a God given ability, what we're born with. And, 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 you know, some, and the, and the game is, Everybody has this like God-given genetic ceiling and the game is how close do we get to it? So many people fall too far under it. Now, if you want to limit the genetic ceiling of your son, put him in a structured to put him in an overly structured program. The second thing all of these books and all of these experts say is that another leading factor is self-directed work, which means them practicing on their own. So there's all kinds of stories of like Kobe Bryant, um, you know, opening up the gym at five o'clock or the janitor, I think it was. And I, I was told that Manny Ramirez had his teammates line up um, cars at night and turn on their headlights so he could take batting practice at night. And all of these stories of these self-directed work. So if you want to fuel your son's passion for baseball, go, go uh, you know, buy him a pitch back. Or, or draw a, a strike zone on, on, on your garage. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of pitching machines, but I'd, I would much rather have your son doing self-directed work with a little wiffle ball machine um, rather than being in some structured baseball program that I think would, would, you know, would stunt his development and maybe burn out that passion. Um, I'm going to leave this podcast and leave this, put this on the runway with one quote. Um, and, and it was said to me by a friend, um, you can't make your kid love the game. If he loves the game, he loves the game. You can't make your kid love the game, but you can make your son hate it. And so the, the, the goal of this podcast is, to, is that we, we, we squeeze the most out of baseball, that we, we do it right, but we don't overdo it. Um, so that's it for today, guys. Uh, again, head on over to BaseballDadShow.com. Please join that Facebook group, and you'll see the other stuff that we have available over there, BaseballDadShow.com. But join that Facebook group. It's absolutely awesome, and I think you are going to love it. So um, thanks, guys, for listening. Love you guys. You're awesome. And all the great comments and stuff we've gotten on the podcast really been encouraging. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and I will see you guys next week. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.